What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Off The Record DJ podcast. Today's episode features one of our student DJs, and I think you're going to find this story really inspiring. To give you some backstory, this student of ours sent us a long email about one of his first gigs, and we just had to reach out and help him out. After he dropped us an email, we sent him a couple of video messages, reassuring him, helping him out, giving him some advice, and what followed from that was quite amazing. Guys, I've recently been booked to play my first major club gig here in the States. This is the biggest and nicest club in the city and regular bring major global headliners like Mao P and Corrupt UK. I'm both super excited and nervous. I'm going to be the opener on the main stage this coming Friday for a two hour gig. I've never done a gig like this and I want to make sure that this goes as smoothly as possible and impressively as possible. I'm just looking for some advice, feedback, reassurance, etc. I've prepared and practiced a meticulously put together two hour set for how I expect the evening to go in terms of energy and vibe, but also I have a couple of mini sets put together in case the crowd isn't feeling what I've planned. So for example, a hip hop set, a tech house set, a commercial dance set, etc. Question number one, the club owner has requested top 40 house, but speaking to the bartenders and going to the club once or twice on a Friday, the answer to getting the crowd to dance seems to be more hip hop, electronified hip-hop edm my guy says the owner won't care what i play as long as a crowd is happy but i don't want him to freak out if he's expecting house music and i lead off with some 50 cent especially since this is my first night here what should i do question number two is there any way you guys could listen to my most recent practice session for a planned live set and give feedback on it i post a lot of my longer practice sessions privately to make it easier to listen to so here's a link there are a few glitch transitions in here i recognize i still need to work on but for the most part this practice session came out as it is planned for the club question number three lastly just some advice on set planning the owner has already told me that if friday goes well he'd like to offer me the residency spot twice a month on a friday i spend a lot of time planning out transitions in this set but obviously I can't spend that kind of time and energy every week. I know I can go off script just fine. I do it all the time at home with tracks I've never seen before and at mobile gigs. But sometimes there are little mistakes or transitions that didn't go quite as good or as well as they could have. So I'm nervous about doing that in a club, making a mistake and botching a transition. How much time should I really be putting in to planning and preparing my tracks for a club gig or a club set? Is it enough to simply place my standard cue points and check the beat grid and then wing it from there? Or do you plan out and practice your entire set beforehand like I've done with this one? So I hope a lot of you can resonate with just what is going through a new DJ or an early DJ or a DJ getting back into its mind. And you're probably having these questions all the time if you're fresh into DJing or if you don't have that many gigs or if you're just nervous about DJing in general. These are questions that, are, that can eat away at you and eat away at you in your mind. And there's just so many things to think about. And the most important lesson of this podcast and what we're going to hear about in Joe's story is that you cannot plan for every little moment in time. You've got to let things happen you've got to fail try again fail try again and with every practice session with every gig you're going to get one percent better every time so jamie jumped on a call with him and let's hear what he has to say what's up everyone so i've got joe here dj florain from jacksonville florida 
He was a military veteran and and is now an anesthesiologist and also a DJ. And uh, it's great to have you on the podcast, Joe. Yeah, thanks. So, I'd just love to hear a quick story. So we got an email from you about some nerves about a new residency. Um, and do you want to just talk us through that residency, maybe how it came about and where you know what, what was your sort of hurdle into this residency, what you emailed about? Yeah, I think um, uh, I got back into DJing seriously about a year ago. Um, you know, and so when I first started, it was uh, back in 1999, 2000. Uh, oh. Got introduced to the kind of the, the rave kind of club scene, uh, was instantly, you know, hooked on it, uh, was really active for a couple of years. Uh, so actually some friends of mine, we started a, um, a electronic magazine, you know, so it's just like, I mean, this is back in the day when websites were just getting going. Nobody was really covering the scene from a press perspective, you know, and until obviously like CNN and NBC broke this story about how, you know, raves were the spawn of the devil and, you know, all, <laughs> all this stuff, it was a big uproar. Uh, so we decided to try to cover from positive scenes. So, um, you know, we worked out some things with some local, um, promoters, you know, and some owners, uh, and started kind of just doing a press pass and got to interview some people and, which was great. Uh, and then, uh, I had a buddy who had a pair of, uh, Technique 2000s and a little, you know, two channel mixer. So that's kind of when I first got started. Uh, then I kind of put that up after a couple of years, uh, went to college, got serious about medical school, uh, in a band, um, you know, and I played uh, percussion, so djembe and congas, you know, hand percussion, not a drum kit, you know, but, you know, similar idea. So, and I've just sort of been involved in it ever since. And then finally, uh, you know, once I finished medical school and residency and active duty military time, and all those things, you know, I finally kind of saw my opportunity to get back into the game, you know, seriously. Um, yeah, and I just love it. I love the music. I love the, I love the vibe, the club scenes, the people, everything. Um, hospital life can be lonely sometimes, you know, and uh, yeah. I, you know, and so it's great. Uh, but yeah, the club was, um, you know, I've been, uh, putting things up online, you know, doing some streaming and stuff, you know, for pretty much since I started, you know, getting back in and started practicing again. Um, they've done some mobile gigs, uh, and actually even my apartment complex, uh, wanted to start doing like a monthly pool party. So I talked them into hiring me on, you know, to do that. So I did my first gig for free for them just to show them the difference between me and a Spotify playlist. Uh, and they liked it, you know, they liked it a lot. So then they, they decided to start paying me, which is great. Um, and then the club, you know, I, the, the club scene here in Jacksonville is, um, not what you would expect it to be for a city this size. There's over a million people here. Um, but, uh, there's a couple guys that are high school buddies. Um, started a club, uh, they, they started out as DJs. They're still DJs. They're still active. Um, but they've mostly made the switch into being club owners and promoters of, you know, kind of other events here locally. So. Uh, you know, I, I just sort of started going, you know, um, periodically when I had days off and just checked the place out and kind of got to know, got to know people. Um, and it was something that was recommended, you know, in some of the courses that I've done, both by you guys, as well as the guys over at Digital DJ Tips. And, um, you know, it was just, you know, be there, you know, be involved, kind of, you know, just get to know people, you know, so you're familiar face so that when you approach them about a job, you know, you're not a complete stranger, you know? Yeah. And, um, you know, once I felt that my skills were back up to, to where I thought they should be you know, to where I would feel comfortable playing. I just reached out to the owner and just said, Hey, you know, here, you know, here's who I am. Um, you know, gave him my card and, and by then, you know, I'd built up my website, you know, had all, had a lot of mixes online, you know, so they could check out, you know, what I had to offer. Um, I was a little surprised when he responded that I was expecting, they have two, two different locations. They have the main stage, but then they also have a, an outdoor area, uh, kind of like a terrace, you know, a little bit smaller. Yeah. Uh, 
and being kind of an unknown, I sort of expected that he was going to put me out on the terrace, you know, at, uh, but when he came back and said, yeah, you know, we want you to opening Friday nights on the main stage. I was kind of like, uh, wow. Okay. You know, (laughs) (laughs) know there's nothing like going into the deep end though. Uh, yeah, exactly. It was, it was literally like, you know, no, 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 I'll go just, you know, come straight in and, you know, we're just gonna put you right up there and everybody to see. So, I mean, props to the owner at this point as well for, uh, putting you, you know, pushing you straight forward for that gig. Um, yeah, for sure. And I think, um, I think too, what I didn't know uh, in the background was that I think their normal Friday night opener, they had, they had just sort of let somebody go. Um, and so they were kind of desperate looking for somebody, um, and, and they actually had some some relatively recent slots that had just opened up that they were wanting me for. So, you know, I, I jumped on it. I said, okay, sure, why not? You know, um, let's do it. Hope you're enjoying this week's podcast. Just a quick one for those legends out there, only legends that listen to this podcast. If you are interested in leveling up your skills, learning to DJ, learning to get more gigs, wondering how CDJs work, if you're a techno DJ, hip-hop DJ, house DJ, then why not take a course with Crossfader and use the code off the record to get 20% off any of our DJ courses. Like I say, just for legends who listen to this podcast. So just go to wearecrossfader.co.uk, use the code off the record, and you'll get 20% off any of our DJ courses. It just shows how these stars can align though, whereby you have created a bit of a portfolio. You know, you've put some stuff online and then you've shown your face at the venue. You've, you've gone and interacted with these people you know you're not just uh, someone behind the screen you know you, you've actually gone face to face so then when that actual transaction happens if you're giving them a card it's not just like somebody cold calling you you know it's it, it's an actual transaction that's natural in the progression and i think that just goes to show that it happened there was a better look at there because you know it's the right time they maybe just lost someone but it was only a small bit of luck and a lot of like doing all the right things as well which combined together as you can hear, is like proof in the pudding that, you know, these things can happen if you just keep putting yourself out there. So great to hear up to that point. What happened next? Where, where, how how long was it between him emailing back and saying, yeah, let's get you on the main stage to you actually being on that main stage? Um, I think it was two weeks. Right. Two or two and a half weeks. Not a lot of time, you know. So we're just stressing every night. Like. <laughs> I was very stressed, yes. I was very stressed. Um I went actually, uh, cause I think he, I think he emailed me back and it was like, uh, I don't know. It was like a Wednesday or Thursday or something like that. And so, or maybe it was Monday. I don't know. Um, so I started trying to prepare and he asked me for, um, you know, I asked him, well, what do you want me to play? And he just said, you know, top 40 house, uh, you know, I said, okay. Um, and so I went by the club the one night and I was actually talking with, um, one of the bartenders I'd gotten to know really well. Um, and was just asking him, you know, Hey, like what, you know, what is the Friday night scene? Like, cause I hadn't really been there on Fridays just cause the way my work schedule is, I'm usually Thursday night is usually my night off. And that also tends to be when the club does most of their more like EDM kind of house, you know, nights, they bring in a lot of really big names. I mean, Mal P has played here, corrupt, you know, has played here from UK. I mean, a lot of big names, um, but those are usually Thursday nights. And so I didn't really know what Friday night was like. And, um, and so he said, uh, he said, Oh, he's like, if you want to get the crowd to dance, you need to play hip hop. And I was kind of like, oh, okay. You know, he asked me for the owner said top 40 house, but the, but the people are like on the floor telling me hip hop. It's kind of like, uh, how do I approach that? You know? Wow. And so, uh, I went on a Friday night, um, the, the week before I went on Friday and just, you know, I just basically went, just kind of hung out. I just sat there and just sort of listened to what the DJ was playing. Um, 
immediately kind of picked up on, okay, like this is not the right vibe. And I could just tell just by people's response, you know, and then the music just kind of seemed like it was kind of jumpy and just didn't really kind of have a, a vibe to it, you know, which is almost like all over the place. So, um, uh, you know, that, that was my first kind of thought, but then, uh, you know, I started putting my set together and just started getting really nervous, you know, and that's when I, I kind of reached out to you guys because one of my concerns was, uh, you know, if I start out with, with hip hop and the owner's expecting, you know, top 40 house, like, you know, is he going to flip out, you know, cause here my first night, the unnamed, I, you know, and it is, <laughs> wait a minute, what the hell, you know, what is, this is not what I, you know, so, um, uh, but that's when I reached out, you know, and, and, uh, you know, and you guys, you know, emailed back and, and, you know, just kind of, uh, really gave me a shot on the arm. You know, it was really like the day before, but it was basically just like, look, man, just, you know, uh, just reach out to the owner and just talk to him about it. You know, so I did. Um, and he was, he was very cool about it. You know, he just said, yeah, he's like, you know, you do, he's like, you do you, you know, um, thankfully he's a DJ too. So he gets it. You know, he said, he just said, you know, uh, he's like, just go with what you think is right for the crowd. So I said, okay, great. So that freed me up. Um, and then also, you know, I went to the club and I checked out their kit. Um, I don't use CDJs at home. Uh, you know, I have a, a Pioneer SX3, which I've been mixing on for a while. And I just recently upgraded to the Rain 4. Um, but I was also very nervous about, you know, jumping straight on, you know, okay, first night, jumping straight on the CDJ, straight on the club mixer, you know. I knew I could figure it out, but in terms of like the comfort level, you know, of, of mm-hmm. doing used to doing, um, you know, I was a little worried about that. But then... <laughs> I got there and asked him, you know, I went again week before, talked to the owner. He said, oh man, he's like, if you want to bring your own kit, just go for it. Like, no worries. He's like, cause he said the headliner brings his own stuff. Uh, and he's like, and he, he mixes on turntables, like, you know, straight up, you know, vinyl. Um, you know, he, he's has like a, he has like a digital, uh, it's not even DVS. It's almost like a homemade, um, like rain 12 Mark II setup, you know, the way that it works. Uh, oh. Anyway, so that was good. So that worked out because I was able to bring my own stuff, you know, which made us instantly comfortable, more comfortable. So, um, and then, yeah, I just kind of went from there. Um, but uh, it, it went really well. That's great. I think there's some great points there. Again, it always helps that if the manager also understands DJs, because there's times where us at Crossfader, we've all had issues where we've had residencies or we've worked with clubs and the managers just don't understand, like, where a DJ is coming from and they will give you a music policy and when you feel like the crowd aren't responding to that and you try and change it a bit and the crowd respond and then the manager is like told you not to play that and you're like oh I'm stuck between two you know and you're trying to keep the manager happy you're trying to keep the, the people happy and kind of stuck in the middle so it's it's obviously great to hear that he understood and he allowed you that space to kind of go okay I'm going to work with the crowd here you know that's my priority um, great to hear it went well you also mentioned that you you had a special guest, like a super special guest, come to your set. Now, I'm saying they came to your set, but they just so happened to be in the club, right? Do you want to just share a little bit more insight around this? Yeah, the uh, so it was actually it was my second night. Um, thankfully, he wasn't there the first night, oh. I would have, you know. But uh, uh, he was there a second night. Um, you know, and something funny happened both nights. You know, which was uh, you know I had my pre kind of pre planned set. You know, my first gig, I uh, started out with hip hop. You know, people were, you know, they were kind of, you know, tapping their feet and bobbing their heads a little bit, but it was, it was clearly not enough, you know? And once the club really started to get packed, it's just like, okay, I need to do something different. Um, and so I switched into more, um, you know, almost like kind of a Mumbaton kind of just, um, 
you know, dance groove, you know, definitely higher energy, higher BPM. Uh, and, and that went over really well. And so, and that, it was kind of because of that sort of reaction in terms of getting the crowd hyped and the headliner showed up, he was super stoked. You know, he's like, oh man, this is awesome. He's like, you know, he's like, this is exactly how I need the crowd to be when I get here. And so, uh, that's when they offered me the residency was just, you know, it was after that, that first experience. Um, and so then my second gig, uh, you know, similar thing happened this time I decided, okay, I'm going to start out with kind of more of that twerk kind of move the ton kind of really, cause that's what they responded to last time. Only I got the same reaction that I had earlier on in my first set, which was that people were kind of bobbing their heads and they were kind of, you know, grooving a little bit, but it was like, people just weren't really getting into it. Uh, and so then I was like, okay, well, I'm going to switch it up again. And, um, and decided to switch into, you know, I mean, James type, everybody loves James type, right? So I decided to switch into some more kind of James hype style tech house. Um, and so, and that immediately, you know, um, kicked things off. Uh, uh-huh. then, uh, I actually use one of the tricks that you recommend in one of your videos, which is the, um, uh, the perfect fifth shift, you know, to go five down or five up, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. um, and it's funny, I, I forget the exact song I did it, but, um, uh, but the, the, the change in energy in the crowd like if you watch the youtube video like you can see it it's like people were dancing and when that shift hits i think i shifted into i want to say it was helicopter but it was uh when that happened you can just see like all of a sudden hands go up and everybody's just going crazy it was great you know yeah um but so anyway it turns out after my set was over um the the headliner for the following night dj craze was there so, um, you know, and he's one of the top scratch DJs in the world. I mean, he's won the DMC competition multiple times. I mean, it just, you know, it's phenomenal. Um, and I've recently, you know, one of the, the, my skills I'm working on currently are, um, trying to go from two into four deck mixing, uh, and then trying to work more on my scratch technique, you know, so those mm-hmm. are kind of my two active sort of skills practice at this point. Um, and so it was just really cool to see him there. But what was neat was he kind of approached me afterwards. Like, hey man, that was a killer set. Like, great job. And I just kind of was like, yeah. <laughs> that's wild. That's wild. Yeah. He's like, did you DJ crazy? He's like, yeah. I was like, you're not supposed to be here tonight. I played it hard night. <laughs> yeah. What did you know? But like any professional DJ, right? Like anybody who's, you know, do this he said, he's like, yeah, I wanted to check out the vibe and see the place. He's like, you know, I haven't played here in like, you know, 10 years. And so, uh, you know, he was just coming to do his research, you know, just like any of us should do. But, um, it was really cool. I talked to him for a while afterwards. Um, and then he was kind of had a couple of buddies with him who were local guys. Uh, and so one of them actually offered to, to link up with me, you know, to do some like one-on-one kind of face-to-face scratch practice, you know, as somebody who's, you know, actually been doing this actively, uh, because all of my stuff right now, all my training's online. And so, you know, just the opportunity to, to meet up with somebody who's, you know, been doing it for a long time and really kind of get the hands on. Uh, it was really cool, you know? So yeah, it just, it was uh, overall, it was a great night. It worked out really well. That's awesome. Yeah. It's great to hear that you're making connections, even off your second gig, you know, connections in these circles that are obviously huge circles to, to even just be on the outskirts of. Um, and, and I mean, props for getting just any praise off such a great dj as well it means you're obviously doing a very good job um so yeah and and i think that's that thing is that he's a dj's dj so he's gonna give give respect where it's due as well and he understands you know a dj's position so yeah props on that now you did mention something in the in our back and forth in the email you said that some of the set didn't actually go to plan can you explain what happened there because i think that'd be really helpful for the for our listeners you know a lot of people when they do their first gigs Things probably don't go to plan, um, and I think it's just good to hear from other people when that happened. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, something that you guys have talked about, um, you know, in your podcasts and, uh, and on some of your tutorials, you know, and, um, you know, like I said, the same, you know, the other course I'm doing as well, um, something I've heard over and over again, which is, um, you know, to plan, um, but also to be prepared for things to go off plan, you know, and to, um, to have, you know, some sets prepared, you know, so you're not digging through, you know, you know, a thousand different tracks trying to find what do I play next, you know? So, um, I, I had a, a set, you know, I had my hip hop kind of set of like, okay, you know, if I have to play for, you know, and the other thing I've heard over and over again is to have twice as much music prepared, you know, as you actually plan to play for the time you're up there. So it's like, okay, I've been, I'm going to play for two hours, you know? Uh, and so, you know, I had like something like a hundred tracks, you know, laid out just for that set of the hip hop set. But then it was like, well, you know, what if I have to change it up? What do I change into, you know? And so I kind of tried to prepare. So I had, you know, I had a small, uh, basically a few sort of what I call mini sets, you know, like 45, 50 tracks each, um, you know, of dance, you know, EDM, quote unquote, um, you know, as well as, uh, I had some tech house and then I had kind of some more, you know, um, uh, what else did I have? I had something else anyway. Um, I had basically four mini sets of different genres plus, you know, kind of the main hip hop sort of style that I was planning to play. Uh, only when I realized that the hip hop wasn't working, uh, and then, you know, I, I made one sort of brief jump into more, you know, kind of upbeat kind of housey sort of EDM, but it also kind of wasn't quite cutting it. And so that's when I decided, you know what, I'm going to just try something totally different. Only problem was like, that the different wasn't really in like any of the like, you know, mini sets that I'd set up. And so I, you know, I just went off of, um, other stuff that I had downloaded, you know, like tracks that I hadn't really worked with yet. Yeah. Uh, you know, but I, I had them as like, I was planning to work with them, you know, sometime in the next couple of weeks, it was just stuff that I came across on. I think it was like on, on DJ city, which is the main record pool that I use. Uh, you know, and I had, I had just pulled a bunch of stuff that I really liked. Um, and was planning to work with, just hadn't had a chance to do anything with it yet. So it was like, I didn't have cue points set up. I hadn't beat good at it yet. You know, I literally hadn't done anything with these tracks, but there were a couple songs that in my mind stuck out. I was like, I wonder if the crowd had liked this. And so I just jumped over to it. Like I'd listened to it, you know, and that was about as much work as I'd done with it. And so I was like in there and I'm like beat gritty on the fly, you know? Uh, and yeah, I basically was like real quick to scan the grid, made a couple quick, you know, slip adjustments like threw in a couple cue points real fast, you know, at a, at a, like where I could kind of see on the waveform where I would probably want to, you know, work with. And then just, just like, boom, and just hit play, you know? And it was like an immediate reaction from the crowd. Like they, they love it, which is then was like, oh crap. That means I got to play more. That was the downside was, okay, that worked, but now I got to play more of this, you know? And so I just was like going through that sort of list of stuff that I had downloaded, you know, and I had like in a, in a crate, you know, it just wasn't, super heavily organized and so anyway i just started just jumping through there and so i'm just like really fast just previewing track you know going okay like nah, no 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 yes okay and then it was like beat grid real fast you know lay down three key points jump you know and so that was like the last probably 30 45 minutes of my set was doing that but it but it worked really well so and i just want to hold in on this point because that that's real dj now and it's something that you have to learn on the job um and this is going back to the original email you sent us about the nerves and the planning and how prepared do I need to be. And that sometimes that over-preparation actually pushes you too far. And when you're in the moment, picking out these tracks that maybe you haven't prepared 
allows you to figure out how that track should be best played, where it should be best put in the night, because you've got the feedback instant in front of you. And this is where, you, when you're sat at home planning a set, you don't know exactly necessarily what that crowd's going to be. Um, you don't know how they're going to react, what time it's going to be at, you know, by the time you get to that song. Maybe the crowd's not quite as full at that moment, but you've already got to that point in your set. So this is where by not planning in some instances and just going off piste, let's say, um, really helps you put tracks together and put mini sets together. And I, I can honestly say probably some of the best little routines and mini sets that I've come up with personally in my career have happened actually in the venue and in the club not at home and it's because of that feedback loop that you get from the audience i just thought that's a it's a great thing to highlight there especially anyone that's starting out to have your prepared crates like you mentioned you know have those mini sets sorted but don't be afraid to think you know what i'm just gonna go into this folder of new music that i'm not quite figured out yet and just see where it takes you you can always go back to your comfort zone you know <laughs> yeah that's and it's, and it's true. And I think, you know, I think too, something that I realize is that I think, you know, the crowd does pick up on the energy level and, you know, the downside is that being so overprepared, honestly, I was sort of bored, you know, like mm. early on, because it's just like, I mean, I, I had played that, that pre-prepared set. I had, I mean, literally every single day for a week and a half, I was mm. it and tweaking it. And so by the time I actually in the club, like it was sort of like, okay, this is kind of boring. Like I know exactly where I'm going to trade. I know exactly what I'm going to do from song to song to song to song. And, uh, and so my energy level was down Yeah, and I think also the crowd picks up on that versus when I'm sort of freaked out and a little stressed of like, I don't really know how this is going to go, but I'm just going to do it. And then it works well. And then I'm like, yes, you know, like yeah. that actually worked, you know, that transition was also like the crowd picks up on that energy, which I think there's something to it. Um, and I think, you know, the other thing I found was that on the flip side, having the preparation when I first got there and first started playing made me more comfortable you know mm -hmm. because it was like you know i know that i could play for the next two hours and i'm like i'm not stressed about how all these transitions are gonna go like i know exactly what i'm gonna play and i can do that um and so it was good i think just to like get playing and like okay nobody's throwing tomatoes at me you know like things yeah. well, right but then eventually also having to be able to say okay like i'm reading the crowd and, and what the crowd is telling me is that this isn't enough you know like i need to do something different yeah uh, and i think the other thing is a habit that I've been in since day one has been when I first download a bunch of tracks, um, the first time I play them, I play them without any preparation. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, you know, I'll download, you know, a, a, you know, a new crate, you know, new set, you know, 30, 40 tracks and I'll just load it on the deck and I'll grab myself a drink and I'll sit at home and I'll just play through it, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and as I've progressed, I've also, st I started to get more into not just playing it, but also beat gritting on the fly, laying down cue points on the fly, like being able to do those things so that when I came to that point in the club where I was forced to do that, like I knew that I could do it, you know, yeah. like I knew that I could do it and I knew that I could do it quickly and yeah. be able to make those jumps, you know, versus if I had never done that, I'd never practiced that before to then try to do that in the club. Mm. You know, I'm not sure that I would have had the, the cojones to, you know, to, <laughs> to do that, you know, if I didn't know that I could do it. Um, and so, you know, I think that, that also was really helpful, you know, and, and I can't remember if that was a drill that you guys recommended or somebody else did, or if I just started doing it, but it, you know, it, it was just something that in my mind was like, I need to be able to do this, you know? So I was very glad for that practice. Yeah. That's a great piece of advice for anyone listening. Um, 
So moving on, something else that caught our attention in the office. We we all loved it. The whole team was the story around Doctor DJ. Now you mentioned near the start that you know you went through medical school, but can you tell us a bit about what Doctor D- who Doctor DJ is, how it came about, and how this ties into this whole story? Yeah, I think um, I think the biggest tie-in from the medical side, you know, um, one is just you know even after when I got serious about going to college and I kind of you know stopped going to the clubs and the parties all the time, um, I still love the music. You know, and so uh, thankfully, streaming was just starting to become kind of a thing. You know, at the time when I was really getting into it, and so um, you know, I was able to still kind of keep tabs and and you know listen to some of the you know podcasts and some of the different channels. And then as it kind of grew, um, you know, when Mixcloud showed up for me, that was huge because it was like, wow, like these are these are straight DJ mixes that I can listen to from DJs from all over the world, and I loved it. Um, unfortunately, most other people on the planet other than DJs haven't heard of it, <laughs> but, um, they're fighting that battle. I think it's, it's yeah. been an ongoing battle for a long time, unfortunately, yes. but yeah. And I think, you know, thankfully SoundCloud at least has come on board a little more now to where like, you know, stuff's not getting taken down like it was. Um, but you know, for me, uh, you know, especially being an anesthesiologist, um, you know, going through anesthesia residency, like, you know, you're in the operating room all day, every day. Um, you know, and every, everybody knows if you've ever watched a medical show that, that surgeons listen to music in the operating room, like this is kind of the thing, you know. Um, but the challenge is, you know, that you've got a lot of people in that room. You know, it's not just the surgeon, you know, mm-hmm. it's you've got a surgeon, you maybe have residents, you've got surgical techs, scrub nurses, circulating nurses, anesthesia. You know, I mean, there's any given surgery, there's easily half a dozen people in there or more. And so everybody's musical tastes are different, you know. And so um, something I noticed early on was just the mood in the room, you know, it's like when, when the surgeon would play something that everybody liked, that was upbeat, it, it changed everybody's mood, you know? And so, uh, since I was forced to listen to whatever they picked all day, uh, I learned early that if I got there first, which I usually was, uh, I would set the playlist for the day. Um, and so I started putting mixcloud playlists on, you know, and, uh, everybody loved it, you know? And so it was just kind of fun being able to sort of read the crowd in a way in the operating room and, and sort of learning like, okay, this is what's working for people. Like, you know, this is, like this playlist by this guy, like uh, DJ Digital Dave is a guy out of Pittsburgh. Um, he's multi, you know, open format, multi genre, scratch DJ, just phenomenal guy. Um, he's got a couple of playlists from like the 90s and the 80s that like literally everybody in our age group just loves. Like I could play one of those playlists, didn't matter who was in the room, they'd love it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just started doing that, you know, during that time. But that also then kind of got back to me of like, you know, like I miss being able to make my own playlists. You know, like it's great to listen to other guys, but like I want to make my own stuff again. Mm. You know, and uh, uh, you know, unfortunately, being a residency, you know, all my focus is on you know medicine and learning and tests and all the things. There's no time. Um, but once that was done, you know, it was like I just I knew it was like as soon as I'm finished and I have time, you know, and, and money again, like um, you know, I want to get back into it. Um, and you know, when I was younger and and you know, first getting into the scene and first started kind of playing, there were a few times where, um, there were issues, you know, at festivals. It's like, I knew the promoters, I knew the owners, um, you know, because of kind of that online magazine thing, you know, that we were doing. And, uh, and so there were a few times where, you know, something happened, DJ got sick or didn't show up or, or, you know, some kind of issue, uh, and they were kind of scrambling, you know? And so I was able to kind of step in and help out, um, you know, in those instances. Um, and so, 
uh, you know, being able to play for that crowd. Like, I think once you've done that, it's just, there's nothing like, it. you know, like you'll always yeah. want to do it again, you know, yeah. to effect on a crowd. It's just amazing, you know? So, um, it's always been there. Uh, but you know, for me, it's just sort of tied in. And I think that ability to, to help people to, to change the mood in the room, you know, to give everybody, I mean, you're, you know, you're in the hospital for, you know, 12, 18 hour days, sometimes, you know, the, the right music can make all the difference in the world, you mm -hmm. know? it makes the day go by quickly or it can just make it drag, you know, imagine being in a slightly darkened operating room and listening to classical music for 12 hours straight, you know, mm. I mean, I love classical music, but like, yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> you know, versus, you know, you've got something upbeat and colorful and you're like, people are bebopping and jamming, you know, and everybody's having a good time. 12 hours goes by really fast. So, um, that's part of it. And so my, even my name is sort of a take on that. I originally was, people were used to calling me DJ, Dr. J rod, you know, kind of just my short initials. I started to go with that and realize like there's way too many J rods and hmm. whatever out there in the DJ world. I needed something, especially for a website, you know, and, and being able to hone in on a domain name, I needed something different. So, um, I went through, I probably put, I don't know, 50 or 60 names on paper that I kind of came up with. Um, but fluorine is actually a shortened form of isofluorine or sevofluorine, which are the anesthetic gases that we use. Uh, Love that. Love that. Yeah, it's a little tie in there. And it was just funny. I, I, I kind of fielded the, out the different names to my friends and everybody was like, dude, that one's great. Like, go with that. So, yeah. It's something you can get behind and believe in as well. You know, you're creating a brand there and by attaching it in that way, it just strengthens it because it puts your belief behind it, which is, it's almost so hard and sometimes so easy to create an, a brand or a DJ name. And sometimes it's like, don't overthink it. Like, just, just roll with it. Like, you can build a brand out of anything, you know. But I think it's great that you found a way to attach something personal to that brand as well. So, yeah, props for that. I think that's it. You know, I didn't know that at the start of this conversation. I didn't know that was the attachment. Great to find that out. Um, and, and, yeah, well done for kind of finding that tie-in as well. Um, it's also great to, to see how you've brought your two lives. You know, they've both crossed over in a way in the fact that just – by doing your normal day-to-day -day job you are still able to bring music and this theory around DJing into that environment um, and also learn from it you know and it, it puts you in great stead for then being in the club like you say being at a festival wherever you're going to be understanding how to read a crowd because that is one of the biggest things and it's something we can't teach online you know it's something that DJ schools can't teach online it's something you can't really even teach in person, one-to-one, -one, it's once you get in the club and you learn that bit on the job. And that's a really fun, fun bit. So it's great to hear your experience of that as well. Um, one more question. What's next for DJ Florain? Um, so next for me, I, you know, I told you sort of the, sort of the expansion of the skills that I'm working on. Yeah. Um, but the other big thing is, you know, trying to get more into music production. Uh, yeah. you know, I think, uh, especially in kind of today's world, um, you know, as a DJ, if you want to, you know, really kind of grow your brand, I think you sort of have to get into that on some level. Um, and I've done some remixes, um, you know, even just with some basic remixes and, and included them in some of my sets, you know, where, you know, I haven't necessarily put anything out there for release, you know, it's just something simple where, you know, I was playing around and I found, oh man, this track and that track sound really cool together. And if I can, you know, if I drop the vocals from this one and, you know, and so, and I could just do that stuff on, you know, on my, uh, on my controller and the rainfall makes that really easy, you know? So, um, you know, I basically just go into Serato and play it sometimes I hit record, you know, go back, maybe play with it. Um, and so I've done some of that, but mm. the, really producing a track from scratch, you know, in Ableton or, you know, logic, or whatever, 
um, has been one of my goals. So, um, I've actually been taking a course with, uh, with actually with James Height. Um, and, um, so it's been about six months. It's a lot longer. It takes a lot longer. <laughs> and that's, yeah, yeah, I think he, he you know, in, in the course, he, he builds this track out literally in a couple of days, you know, yeah. it's going to be six months, let's be honest, you know, um, and I'm, I'm finally at the, at the sort of final mix, uh, mixing and mastering stage. Um, so I'm hoping to release it, you know, by the end of the month. Um, but, you know, talking about those tie-ins, you know, as I was sort of going through and building the track out, uh, you know, same thing as I, you know, I was like, I wanted to include a little bit of myself in there, mm. you know, so, um, uh, found a way to kind of include some hospital noises and some different things, you know, to kind of, kind of make it fun. Um, and also, um, swapping out some of the drums instead of, you know, the standard kind of 909 or 808 kit. Uh, you know, I, I found some, uh, some really good djembe loops, you know, which is, that's my, mm. like, I love the djembe. I've been playing it, you know, like I said, since college, um, it's just a phenomenal drum, probably one of the best drums ever invented, you know, it's so simple, but the bass on a, on a good djembe, like the bass that it puts out is just incredible. And so, um, it's funny cause even when I was playing in college, like I'd find myself playing like almost like club, you know, rhythms. You know, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, you know, so anyway, so that's kind of my next thing is, um, it's really trying to get a little bit more into the production side of things. Yeah. Um, and, and I find that it carries over, you know, I've learned a lot in, in the production process of layering sounds and how certain things work together and just how there's so much there mm. carries over into your DJ, you know, into, you know, you hear something and it's like, oh, I could mix this with that, you know, and that means mm. I'm, you know, or um, you know, oh, well, like I need to, I need to take some low end out of this, you know, or, or, you know, these mids need to be boosted a bit, you know, which just makes everything sound better, you know? And so, yeah. um, you know, it's, it's a constant learning process, you know? And again, that's like medicine, right? It's like, it never stops. It's always changing. The game's always changing. Technology's always changing. You know, you just gotta stay involved. Um, but hopefully, you know, over the next, uh, next month, next few months, you know, I'll be able to start growing my brand a little more in terms of you know, having not just the, the DJ sort of side of it, but also kind of the production side of things. And who knows, you know, we'll see where it goes from there. So, well, I'm really excited to hear this track that you're talking about again, loving the fact that you're bringing your day job and into your passion of music, you know, and it just reiterates to people that you don't have to separate them with a definitive line between. I think if you can find a way to merge the two, I think it, it it just shows how you can create this full life experience and it doesn't have to be one or the other. Um, and I know something you put in the email, you said, anesthesia is my job, but music is my passion. And I think we can tell that from today. So um, amazing. Do you want to let everyone know where they can hear more from you? Yeah, sure. Uh, website is uh, djflorain.com. So very easy. Uh, you literally uh, right now, if you type in Florane into Google, uh, F L U R A N E, uh, it's the only thing that comes up really. Amazing. Yeah. That's just, what you want. <laughs> that's what I want. That was the other thing that kind of clits the name for me, but, uh, yeah, that's, uh, it's on there. I've, I've got a SoundCloud channel, Mixcloud, Facebook, you know, all the things, uh, don't do, I don't have Insta currently, um, only because there's no way for me to really separate it from my personal life, you know? So I just kind of decided to do separate, but, uh, and then I, have a YouTube channel, not much on there yet, but, uh, you know, more to come for sure. So, uh, but yeah, plenty of mixes, especially out on SoundCloud. Um, that's, uh, kind of where I focus most of my, most of my online stuff. Um, you know, so people can hear more and, uh, yeah. And then we'll see, you know, hopefully, like I said, hopefully the next month or two, I'll have a track out on, you know, Beatport, some of the others. So, 
Uh, I'll make sure you guys a copy and, and you know get your get your feedback before I put it out there. You know, so. So we'll have to get it in one of our mixes on the channel. <laughs> All right, that sounds great. Yeah. Well, look, thank you so much. This conversation has been amazing. There's been so many key takeaways, especially for our listeners. I think a lot of people listening right now are going to be able to relate to parts of your story. Um, there might be people at similar parts of their journey or just going into you know a similar part of the journey. So thanks so much for sharing in such detail everything that you've gone through um recently and yeah we'll we'll have to get you back on the podcast in the future see where it's taken you and we'll definitely share more about your progress with the with the uh, listeners so thanks yep. a lot awesome yeah thank you thanks for all you guys do i mean you know again like i could not have made it this far without you know especially not in, in as short of time as i have you know without uh without all the training you guys have put out there and the support you know and you know, and like I said, just that kind of, I mean, literally just that response from you guys, you know, just being able to say like, you know, Hey man, you got this, like, you know, don't stress, you know, it's like, uh, it was huge. You know, it was huge to be able to hear that. Um, you know, uh, and so I know for everybody out there, um, I mean, all the DJs that I've talked to locally, like every, I mean, everybody watches, everybody knows Crossfader. Yeah. Everybody watches it, really listens, you know, it's great. Um, and it's, you know, you guys have been doing this for a long time, you know, I mean, they watch your stuff and it's like, you know, they're always learning new things, you mm-hmm. know, I said a lot of tricks from you guys, you know, and even just simple stuff, you know, little, little thing here and there to kind of like, Oh, I never thought to try that. Let me do that. You know? And it's great. And, um, yeah, it's just, thank you guys for all the work that you put into, into doing this. Cause I know it is a lot of work, you know? Yeah. Well, look, it's our, it's our pleasure. And thank you so much for, for saying that, uh, we're just here to help the world DJ and yeah. Thank you so much. So here is the email that Joe, AKA DJ Florain sent us after his gig crossfader. You were totally right about the boosting confidence and feeling less need to spend so much time with the perfect set. I laid out tracks but didn't plan out every transition and instead simply planned on keeping things fluid and flexible. Last night was my second Friday of my new residency and it was awesome. Both the headliner and the guest DJ kept commenting on what a good job I had done and how it hyped the crowd when they came in. The crowd this time was very different from last Friday. And the twerk hip-hop set I had laid out wasn't quite cutting it. So once again, I scrapped that. And this time I went with Tech House and it totally exploded. It was epic. Best of all, DJ Craze made an unexpected appearance last night. He showed up to do research on the venue as he was doing a guest set there the day after. Well, apparently he caught the second half of my set. I'm really glad I didn't know he was there until after I had finished. He actually approached me afterwards and said that he really liked my set. It was a total fangirl moment for me. I've been on cloud nine all day and literally could not ask for any higher praise from any other DJ. Anyways, thank you again for your support and education. No way would I have found the competence or confidence to do what I have done in such a short space of time without your help. Also, I shot a video and recorded my set this time. Thank the gods. I've just finished mastering it and posted it to YouTube and SoundCloud. If you care to see how it all went down. I made a few mistakes, including at one point when the oncoming DJs came in and I totally got distracted. I inadvertently queued the next track onto the deck that was actively playing. Thankfully, I've learned from my prior mistakes and I always have my first cue point set where I am most likely going to start playing the track instead of just simply at the start of the track. So the new track started at the high point and I just decided to own it. And Crossfader, thank you again. 
The fact that you took the time to send me a personal video to boost my confidence meant more than you could possibly know. It was the shot in the arm that I needed for the first night. Thank you, thank you, thank you. What a great story, and I hope you can enjoy that and resonate with it if you're a beginner, if you're just starting out, if you just still get them pre-game nerves and you overthink everything, if you're getting back into DJing, you feel a bit out of touch, just know that with the reps and with failing, making mistakes, getting out of your own head, getting out of your own way, taking imperfect action, then you can definitely achieve the desired goals that you set out. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. We'll be back next week. See you again soon.